The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Making Money Fun with Shanna Tinjum. Like you, Shanna had all kinds of questions about money and finances from a very young age. She learned to not be frightened of financial discussions and became an expert on managing money in the process. Shanna and her guests are here to demystify money, investing, and personal finance. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Shanna Tinjum, Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge, guests on this show and Heritage Financial Strategies are not affiliated. Let's get started. Here's your host, Shanna Tinjum. Welcome back, everybody. This is Shanna Tinjum, the host of this wonderful show, Making Money Fun. And today we have a subject that isn't necessarily fun, but there are some ways to at least ease the pain around taking care of your aging parents. And the expert that I have with us today, it has really gone through this on a personal level and has written a book about the subject. And, and that's why I thought she would be a fabulous person to contribute to this conversation. Welcome in, Jody. Well, thank you. I'm pleased to be here. <laughs> well, and, you know, it, it is definitely a subject that nobody really loves to talk about, but we're all going to age at some point, and how we age and where we age and what that looks like is often something that's not talked about. Do you find that a lot? Yeah, I find that, um, you know, it's not something that people are looking forward to, and so they kind of put it on the back burner and hope that nothing will happen. Yeah, and that's not usually a good strategy, as as you found in your own life. Tell us a little bit about the the situations that you went through that really led you to want to write this book. Yeah, Um, so my story goes back, way back, um, to when I was 19 years old. My mom had a burst brain aneurysm that resulted in a massive stroke, and she was completely paralyzed on her right side. She couldn't talk. She didn't have any memory. And so basically, wow. she was 100% reliable, um, you know, needed reliance on somebody else. And wow. I'm an only child. She was a divorced single parent, so it fell to me immediately to be her caregiver, care manager. Wow. I can't imagine at 19 you were prepared for that. No. <laughs> and I think that she wasn't either. She had a will, but she didn't have anything else really in place. She was 59, and she wasn't thinking anything was going to happen. So um, there was a lot of things that I needed to figure out quickly under stress and a lot of mistakes that I made along the way trying to figure it out. Wow, I can only imagine um, how not only stressful that would be, but um, from from an emotional standpoint, but it also had to be kind of 
um, scary financially, I would think. Yeah, because she didn't make arrangements for anybody to sign on any of her accounts. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah, I was a full-time student, and I worked a couple hours a week in a pharmacy just to bring in, you know, some gas money for myself. Right. And just because she had a stroke didn't mean that the bill stopped coming in. So they were (laughs) piling up, and I couldn't pay them. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, and then I figured out that I learned that you could, I could go to court and be made her conservator, and then I could handle, make both financial and health care decisions for wow. her. Now, how long did that process take, court process? Uh, um, it, first, it was finding an attorney, and right. we went in, and uh, the attorney went in and got me an emergency conservatorship pretty quickly so that I could start getting access. But then we had to go back for the full-blown conservator process. And so it was a matter of getting on the court calendar. It wasn't that long, um, but it is time-consuming up front. Right, right. Because you're paying for an attorney. Right. Uh, and you're really taking that person's rights away. So yeah, I legally took part. my mother's rights away from her, which oh. um, is, you know, it's, that's a big step Yeah, to have done. Yeah. It would have been so much better if she had had power of attorneys in place before something had happened. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I wanted to ask you next. So what could she have had in place to avoid the situation that you had to deal with? Um. So on the financial side, there were a couple of things she could have done. One is she could have put me or somebody else that she trusted on her accounts as, you know, a signer on her accounts. Okay. Um, or she could have had a power of attorney, a financial power of attorney in place that would have kicked in when she became incapacitated. Okay. That's on the financial side. On the health side was having a health care directive, a health care yes. power of attorney that um, would have given me or somebody else the right to step in and make decisions. Okay, all right. Um, so her, her, the will that she had basically only dealt with what happened if she passed away. It didn't deal with all of those issues that you needed them to deal with is what happens if she's not able to make her own decisions. Exactly. exactly. Oh, my. So thank goodness she didn't pass away, but... Yes. Um, we would have been more prepared if that had been the case than right. as it turned out. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because so many people that I talk to think that um, estate planning is only for once you've passed away. And the bigger part of it really is dealing with those difficult questions that we've just talked about um, so that, you know, if you do end up in some sort of accident or situation where you need some assistance, you don't have to be left to the whims of the, the courts, which is essentially what happens if you don't have a plan in place, correct? Exactly. Oh, my. Yeah, and, so and as a 19-year-old college for, student. Wow. I know we're talking about aging parents, but, it's, but I believe that everybody, like over the age of 18, once they reach that age of majority, should have yeah. these documents in place because yes. people can't make decisions on your behalf if you can't make them otherwise. Yes. Yes. And we think that's and not going to happen to somebody who's 18, 19, 20, but they could get in a car accident and have yes. brain trauma 
and their parents won't be able to make decisions for them. Yes. Well, you, you think back to the Terry Schiavo case that made this uh, really a, a, a household concern. That was exactly the situation in, in that scenario. And they were fighting 18, 19 years later amongst the family on, on kind of what to do with her because she didn't have any of those documents in place. So exactly. it, it is so important. And if any of you that are listening want uh, more detail on, on what documents and what they're called and how this process works, go back and listen to my uh, show, there, Where There's a Will, There's a Way. We talk in a lot of detail about the uh, forms that you need to have in place to handle these sort of situations as your um, part of your estate planning process. Because a will is just one piece of the much bigger puzzle. And that most people, like you said, uh, Jody, really don't want to think about what happens if they can't make those decisions, what happens when they age, because none of us, you know, we're going to, we're either going to pass away or we're going to age. There's no third choice. Um, so we're going to need that stuff at some point. And I think that that's really important that you mention that. Now, did you, um, after, I know your mom recovered and, and she did well for a lot of years, correct? Yes. That's great. Um, once she recovered and was able to make her own decisions, then did we go back and do some of this stuff? So if this happened again, you weren't put in that same situation? Yes, we did. Good. So Good. Um, it took about three years, I think, um, of intense physical occupational speech therapy, but she was able to live independently, never 100%, but she could manage right. her day-to-day stuff. So then we had to go back to court to oh have the conservatorship revoked so that she had her rights back again because oh otherwise my. she couldn't write checks to pay her own bills. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and then we did put, um, we put things in place for that. She actually went the route of putting me on all of her accounts so that okay. we both could sign on them. Okay. So that's how we handled it on the um, financial side. Yeah. Now, as she aged and and you you know stepped back from her, did you need to use those things that you put in place again down the road? Yeah, we did. Um, about three years before she passed away, she had another stroke. Oh my! And that it wasn't as severe as the first one, but it did live, leave her where she needed assistance again. Mm. Um, and then a year later, she had a heart attack, and they actually gave her 24 hours to live, and we moved her into hospice. But she, everything kicked back in again, and she went on to live two more years after that. Wow. But, yeah, then I had to take over again and start handling everything on her behalf again. Oh, my gosh. Well, having we, been through we that We could twice, make decisions. You know, we could talk about it and make decisions together, but... Really, right. I had to be the one to execute them. Well, for sure, because she wasn't really in any frame of mind physically or emotionally probably to make those decisions, I would guess. Correct. Oh, my gosh. So what tips do you have for folks that are listening on how to get the conversation started with their parents or even siblings when it comes to dealing with these issues that we're all going to have to face? Good question. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I find subject. that people don't even have conversations with their parents because it's too scary or too emotional. And so they have no idea what their parents 
want. Um, wow. So I recommend trying to partner with your parent, be their care partner, not their care provider. Even if you have to do tasks and things for them and you are providing care, to try to partner with them. And so mm-hmm. it is having conversations around, you know, what's, what do you want for the rest of your life? What's right. important? What are the most important things that you want to make sure happen? What are you willing to give up to make that happen are kind of the things that you want to get out of those conversations. Okay. They're not a conversation that, you know, you can have, you know, call on the cell phone on the way home from work and have a 10 minute conversation and go, okay, I have some (laughs) questions to ask you. I need the answers. Check this off (laughs) the list, right? (laughs) Because that's how, you know, so many of us live our lives, right? We've got our to-do list and we're always working it. Um, (laughs) It is to try to sit down and, Depending on the person, you might be able to sit down and say, I just really want to have a conversation and understand that what you want so that I can support you. Or mm-hmm. you might have to be a little less direct about it and you can you know, start it off by saying, hey, we're working on you know, our estate plan. Um, mm. have you, do you have one? Can you give me some advice about what you know, I should be thinking about? Mm. You know, so kind of make it about I love that you idea. and ask them for their advice and input, and you can kind of tell from there whether they've done one or not. Yeah. Or you can use an example of, you know, if you know, like maybe you had an uncle or something that just moved into assisted living and say, hey, what do you think about Uncle Bob moving into assisted living? Is that something you would want to do? Yeah. And Start it indirectly like that and know that it's going to be several conversations, but each one you can get a little nugget of information that <laughs> together, you know, you get a, big, a bigger picture. Yeah, I think it's important to, to realize that it's a process and not like once you have the conversation, now you don't have to talk about it again, right? Right. And in some yeah. cases, they may not even know what they want. Yeah. So and you may have two people that want two different things too, I think. Yes. Yes. Oh. So they may not, if you, you know, the spouses may not have talked to each other and really gotten clear about what, what it, you know, they may not be on the same page. Right. One might be, I want to stay at home forever, and the other one's like, no, I want to go to assisted living where someone's going to do the cooking and cleaning for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the situation with my folks. I'm in for a fight, I think, if they're both still alive and, and we have to make these decisions because mom has said the minute your dad's gone, I'm going to a facility where somebody finally takes care of me. And my dad said has said, you're going to have to carry me out of here in a pine box. I mean, it's literally that situation in my household. And of course, since I um, have their, I have all of their um, documents, I know that I'm the one that gets to make these decisions. So that's like awesome. How do I deal with that? That'll be a fun conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But it is definitely something that um, I think so many of us just hope that it's going to work out when it works out. And, you know, I see um, a lot of my clients make mistakes, like really big mistakes in this process that can cost relationships within the family more so than anything. Do you see that too? Yes, I do. Um, I have a story of a lady that I know who her mother, there's three kids, three adult kids, two sisters and a brother, and the mother had individual conversations with them and told them different okay. things. Oh, crap. 
<laughs> of what she wanted. Oh, so they all no. felt like they knew what she wanted and didn't really all get together and talk about it until after she passed away. Oh. And they, I mean, it just ripped that family apart. They don't talk to mess. each other anymore, oh. which the one thing she did say that she wanted from all of them was to work together you know, as a family, and it's just torn them apart. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It is. But I think if it's so, to combat that, I would have, you know, recommended that they all three sit down with their mother and go through, talk about things and go through things and make sure they at least all had the same understanding of what she wanted. Right, right. They might not agree with it, and there still could be, you know, disputes about it. But a lot of the disputes are, I think, you know, Dad would have wanted this, and no, I think he would have wanted that. And now Dad, you know, either incapacitated, has, you know, dementia, or has passed away, and you can't ask Dad anymore. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think that is... um, a great place to pick up um, on the other side of our first break because I know Alzheimer's and dementia are just, the numbers are just staggering of, of people that are afflicted by one or both of those ailments. And, and physically, it's one thing if you have to step in and help, but, but when they're mentally not in a place of making that decision, that can even be harder and more heart-wrenching um, when they think they know what they want or need, but they're not emotionally capable of making that decision. So that's definitely where I want to pick up when we come back. Um, For those of you that are listening, you're listening to the Making Money Fun Show. I am Shanna Tingham, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you going through a life change like divorce, death of a spouse, or starting a business? Are you tired of financial professionals talking at you instead of with you? Are you worried that you may not have enough money to retire or to live the lifestyle you want in retirement? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to contact Heritage Financial Strategies today. At Heritage Financial Strategies, we'll get to know your goals and dreams and design a plan together to get to achieve those dreams. Call 480-397-1184 or visit heritagefinancialad.com. My goal is to develop a relationship where you feel like you can ask me any question and know that I'll give you an honest answer. Again, that's 480-397-1184 or heritagefinancialad.com. Shanna Tinjum, registered representative, securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Shannon Tinjum, investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Heritage Financial Strategies are not affiliated. You are listening to Making Money Fun with your host, Shanna Tinjum. To reach Shanna or her guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Shanna at heritagefinancialaz.com. Now, back to Making Money Fun. Welcome back. I am Shanna Tinjum, your host, and I am here with Jody Hempel, who has written a book all about taking care of your aging parents because of her experience with taking care of her parents, 
Um, Jody learned a lot of the do's and don'ts and stuff you should watch out for and has really dedicated her life at this point to making sure that those people that are out there in that situation have all the knowledge and the skills that they need in order to um, handle this next phase of life, which is actually the title of your book, right, Jody? Life, the Next Phase? Yes. Oh, perfect. And that's available on Amazon, correct? Yep. It's on Amazon, okay, well, both in an ebook and a paperback. Wonderful. And it's actually a book that I give out to my clients when they um, are facing this situation with their folks because this can be one of the toughest transitions for, for people in life when they're thinking about what's going to happen if, if and when they're not capable of making their own decisions. And um, that, you know, before the break, we're talking about Alzheimer's and dementia, which is, you know, the numbers on that are staggering. And it's every year it seems like the statistics get worse. Um, I have personal experience um, dealing with that. My mother-in-law was finally diagnosed with dementia after a number of years of us suspecting it. Um, we were put in a situation where she was physically able to leave the hospital, but mentally she was not able to make that decision. And in the state of Arizona, you have to have something called a mental health power of attorney, which you have to in some states. Um, in Arizona, you do, and we did not have that form. And we were put in the position of having to convince her to stay, which is not a fun position to be in as the child. It really, or it, it really turns the, the child into the parent. Um, yeah which I know we'll talk about in a little bit, Jody. but that's one point I wanted to make is that all of these estate planning forms from the um, powers of attorney to the actual estate plan are all state-specific. So your uh, documents need to be done in the state that you reside in. So there's a couple, a couple of points I wanted to make with that. Number one is if you're living away from your folks in a different state, you cannot have your attorney in your state draw them up and expect them to work correctly. They should go to an attorney in the state where they live, so that's really important. And then the second point is if mom and dad move, let's say they move to be closer to you and they have documents drawn up, that, that's better than not having any at all, but they probably won't work the way you want them to in another state. And some states have vastly different rules and, and laws regarding that. So I, I just wanted to make mention of that. And we do talk about that a lot on that uh, show that we did uh, several weeks back called Where There's a Will, There's a Way. So if you want some detail around that, please go back and listen to that show because it was a good one that deals in all of these subjects. And so, uh, Jody, that's one thing that I wanted to, to ask you is, you know, how do uh, we really know, um, you know, where do we start with creating the plan? I mean, the estate plan is one thing, but there's also a plan that sort of goes side by side with this, which is sort of the transition plan into the next phase. So how do we go about starting that with um, either ourselves or our parents? Well, as I was saying before, it start, it, I recommend that it starts with what the parent wants or what you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that okay. kind of becomes the goals of what you're trying okay. to achieve. That's the first step. Um, okay. And then it's looking educating, you know, doing research, educating yourself to see what it's going to take to make those goals a reality. Mm -hmm. So just like any goal setting, right, you set a goal and then you break it down into steps and it's the same kind of thing. But you want to do all that as early as you can um, because you could find out that what they want really isn't feasible. Yeah. So, for example, if they want to stay at home and they say, okay, well, we'll, have full, you know, we'll just bring in full-time care, the average cost of that in the U.S. is $175,000 a year for 
24-hour wow. care, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So, wow. you know, someone who's not getting Social Security of 1500 a month is not yeah. going to be able, that's not going to be an option for them. Yeah, wow, okay. And Medicare doesn't pay for that, so that's no. the other thing. So I think it's really, educa- the second thing is really educating yourself on what it takes to make that happen, and if that can't ha- happen, what they want, what the other options are. Right. Um, so you need to know both what's available externally, you know, what kind mm-hmm. of care is available, what's it going to cost, and then also internally in your family, what is your parents' you know, health situation and financial situation, and mm. make those two come together. Wow. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. You brought up a, a, an interesting point. When I'm in the process of financial planning with my clients, the question I often ask them is, you know, will either of you be either financially or physically responsible for taking care of anybody, parents, you know, grandparents, um, children, anything like that in the future? And I often get deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. Um, they've not thought about it. They don't really know the answer to that question. And with that price tag that you just mentioned, you know, mom and dad could potentially be expecting you to foot the bill or part of the bill to make their wishes become a reality. And if that's the case, boy, you should know that and, and have that as part of your financial plan because it could be devastating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Have you seen that with, with any of the clients that you work with, Jody? that mom and dad just kind of expect uh, kids to take care of that? I don't know if my dad really expected it, but he used to say to me all the time, oh, I don't have a retirement plan because I'm just going to move in with you. <laughs> and I would go, I would tell him, you need another plan. <laughs> that, one's not, that one's not going to work, so you need plan B. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I yeah. think what happens is because, you know, parents and adult children don't talk about this stuff, um, they don't. Each, each person has made assumptions, and you know what we say right. about assumptions, and yeah. because they haven't talked, they haven't figured out that those assumptions aren't a reality, and then right. as adult children, we want to do the best for our parents that we can, yes. and so, you know, we'll start writing the checks if that's what it takes to try to, you know, get them what they want. Yeah. Or feel wow. horribly guilty if we don't have the ability to write those checks. Right, right. At, at, at our own detriment, oftentimes, it, it is whatever, whatever we have to do to not only keep mom or dad, you know, where, where and how they, wanna, they want to be, but also to keep peace in the family. I see that sometimes, too. Well, I'm not going to ask my brother or sister. I know they can't afford it anyway, and it's just going to cause... You know, so I think that that's important to remember is that all of this should probably be part of the conversation before you have to have the conversation because then it becomes a lot more emotional, doesn't it? It probably should be dealt with before you're dealing with all of those emotions, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, anytime you have to deal with something in a crisis state, you know, your body goes into that fight or flee, fight or fight, fight or flee, whatever it is. Um, Yep. And your brain really stops kind of functioning. It everything in your whole body goes getting ready for you to fight or to run away. Yeah, and it's really no. hard to make decisions. And often these decisions have to be made really quickly, so you don't have the luxury yes. of 
well, we'll, you know, talk to four experts and you Google this and I'll Google this and... Yes. You don't have that luxury. No. No, you don't. I saw that play out with my mother-in-law. Fortunately, she's in a facility now that that can um, accommodate her, and she's happy and comfortable. Um, But she lived well past um, when she should have in her own home. And, um, you know, we had been for a year almost trying to convince her to move into some sort of assisted living. And fate decided it for us because she fell and broke both of her wrists. And you can't take care of yourself. if Yeah, if you don't have access to your wrist. And what we learned is that, you know, the, the system isn't really designed to provide any sort of assistance after that. They were going to discharge her, and we're like, to where? Oh. <laughs> Not well. She I can't go. Yeah, she can't go home. Um, so we ended up getting her into a temporary long-term care situation, which has become permanent since, um, and it made the decision for us. We, we, we basically just said, hey, you know, this is the best place for you now. It may not be forever, even though we knew it would, but, you know, we got to come to terms with the fact that this is where we are now. And it became about a 90-day fight. My husband, um, when you say fight or flight, he he was the one fighting. And it became about a a full-time job for about 90 days to figure out what we were going to do with his mom. And um, it took a toll on our relationship. It took a toll on his business. And it it was tough. And and as a result, he doesn't speak... um, to his sister hardly anymore, and, and that's heartbreaking as well. So yeah, I know, exactly. you know, what, what can happen, and, and I just don't see too many people planning for this, which is even more heartbreaking. Um, you mentioned the financial aspect, so there are a couple of things that I know I want to talk to you about with respect to that, but with who takes care of mom and dad, because it, it, some the same person that financially takes care of them as, as it is the, the one that physically takes care of them. So those are two different components, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so how do we decide who, who does both? I mean, is, there, is this part of the process? Absolutely. So it can be the same person, and okay. often it is, but it doesn't have to be, and sometimes it shouldn't be. So, right. Um, You know, if you have the person who's just really naturally is the caregiver kind of person, you know, and wants to make everybody comfortable and take care of them, that person may not be good with money. Right. Not to stereotype, but so you may want that person who's the, you know, natural kind of caregiver person to be the one who does that and have somebody else be the person that handles the money. Okay, fair enough. And now what I see sometimes in my practice, and I see a lot more than I wish I did, is the sandwich generation where you've got, you know, a, uh, a, and it, it often falls to the, to the, to the daughter. Um, yep. Even if there are multiple brothers, it often seems like the caregiving piece of it falls to the, to the daughter. But they may be trying to put kids through college, and now they've got mom or dad to, to take care of. And that can not only emotionally be a drain, but it can financially be a drain too, correct? Yes, yeah. And on their own retirement planning, too. Oh, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. What, what, are the, what are the pitfalls, the downsides to sort of stepping out of the workforce, if you need to, for a period of time to take care of um, your family, whether it's kids or, 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 or parents? Yeah, because like you said, most caregivers are women, other mm-hmm. people who jump in and do this. So I find it's the daughter and sometimes it's the daughter-in-law who gets yeah. 
involved in that. I mean, I often talk yep. to men who say, oh, yeah, my mom went through that, but I didn't have to deal with it. My wife handled all that stuff. <laughs> so it is often the women who do that, and um, about 50% of the workforce are people now caring for an aging parent in some way or another. And the way that plays out is that, you know, they're coming in late, leaving early, taking time off, taking leaves of absence. Um, They may turn down a promotion because it's going to be more Mm. work. They may ask, you know, to step down to a lesser role. Maybe they're a manager and they just want to step down to an individual contributor so that they don't have to work so hard. Or right. they may end up quitting. Wow. And so that does impact their career. And you know, they may have done that for their children, right? They, right. they took a couple years off to raise their children and then got back into the workforce. And now they're doing that again. But... The difference yes. between caring for your children and your parents is your children have, have kind of a known progression, right? We know they're right. going to need a lot of care to begin with, and then that's going to back off and lessen over time. But right. the opposite is true of your parents. You know, as they age, they're going to need more care, and you don't really know what that progression is going to look like and what the length of it can be. Sometimes it's a very short, you know, something happens and it's a short length and other times happen and they go on for years. Yes. And, and there, there's really no known end in sight at that point. I, I, I would think would be the hardest part, like not to know when you're going to be able to get back to normal or whatever you you consider to be normal. Right. That's exactly that. Um, yeah, I talked to um, a guy that I used to work with, and his mother needed full-time care for like eight years. And oh. um, his dad was still alive, and his dad said, no, I'm not, we're not moving, we're staying home, I'm going to take care of you at home. And he committed to that and paid for care for eight years, and then she passed away, and now a year and a half later, he's starting to need full-time care. Oh. And he went through a lot of the money. Yes. So they're you know scrambling now trying happen. to figure out how to give long-term care to, for him. Yes. I see that happen. Usually it's the flip side. Usually it's the man that, that goes first and, and needs care, and, and then by the time the, the, the money is gone, he's gone, and now um, mom is left with little to no resources to do whatever she had planned to do. And, and that's the tragic part of a lot of this is that, unfortunately, the level of care you get in a lot of cases depends on how well you've planned, either with a financial plan or some type of long-term care insurance. But before we talk about that, I want to go back a little bit, Jody, because when you leave the workforce to care for an aging parent, there are a couple of things that happen that you may not, when you're in the midst of it, even really consider. It has long-term impacts on your financial plan for a couple of reasons. Um, Jody, talk to me a little bit about you know what you think – um, we need to be looking out for, or if people even really think about and realize the impacts that that's going to have on them down the road. Yeah, I mean, it's, it can seem like that's the answer right now. You know, the easiest thing for me to do is just quit my job and go take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that disrupts, you know, the career progression. Again, right. <laughs> if they took time off, you know, <laughs> time out for their kids, too. And right. so, 
from a career perspective, it interrupts that, but then there's also, there isn't the money coming into the household that that paycheck was bringing in. And oh, yeah. There's not money, you know, if they were working and taking, you know, had a 401k and were doing their 6% and their matching, yep. that's not happening anymore. So their retirement's not growing at the, you know, rate that it was growing before. Yep. And they're probably, they may have to, you know, start taking money out of savings. Right. In order for that yeah, to that, happen. So yeah. um, I think looking really hard at that before making a decision and looking at other options, even if that means that mom or dad has to have a non-family member, a paid professional come in and help care for them. We all think we can do everything ourselves and that we can do it better than anybody else can do, but that's not always the case. Yeah. We're not trained professionals in being able to do this stuff. Well, and the bottom line is that mom and dad, mom or dad, whoever's in that situation, probably doesn't want the child doing some of the things that are going to be required to take care of them, I would guess. Yes. Because it's not really a glamorous job. <laughs> no, it can't. It, there's things about it that can be very non-glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the other couple of things that, that I don't think people think about that you didn't mention that I'll mention now is, is Social Security, their own Social Security. So if they take a break from the workforce, they're not accruing points and, and dollars toward their own social security benefit. Great so point. it really, those, I mean, that can really have a huge impact on their own retirement for the rest of their lives. If they're taking time out, you know, to take care of the kids and then they're taking time out again to take care of mom and dad. Um, I mean, it can really set them back from that career progression, uh, the 401k standpoint, as well as the social security standpoint. So it can be very, very detrimental. Um, and talking about money, when we come back from our last break today, Jody, I want to talk a little bit about some of the ways that you have seen work for folks to financially plan for whatever their next phase is um, in, in, in the progression of life, um, some of the different ways that you've seen work and, and, and that, that uh, you know, we can point our listeners in the right direction. So thank you so much for listening. I'm Shanna Tingem with the Making Money Fun Show. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you going through a life change like divorce, death of a spouse, or starting a business? Are you tired of financial professionals talking at you instead of with you? Are you worried that you may not have enough money to retire or to live the lifestyle you want in retirement? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to contact Heritage Financial Strategies today. At Heritage Financial Strategies, we'll get to know your goals and dreams and design a plan together to get to achieve those dreams. Call 480-397-1184 or visit heritagefinancialad.com. My goal is to develop a relationship where you feel like you can ask me any question and know that I'll give you an honest answer. Again, that's 480-397-1184 or heritagefinancialad.com. Shanna Tinjum, Registered Representative, Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Shannon Tinjum, Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Heritage Financial Strategies are not affiliated. You 
are listening to Making Money Fun with your host, Shanna Tinjum. To reach Shanna or her guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Shanna at heritagefinancialaz.com. Now, back to Making Money Fun. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Shanna Tingen, the host of Making Money Fun. I am also a financial advisor and co-owner of Heritage Financial Strategies in Gilbert, Arizona. And with me today is Jody Hempel. Jody wrote the book on, on uh, how to take care of your aging parents, literally. It's called Life, the Next Phase. And that really is a big part of our conversation today is how to help our parents and even our uh, help how to plan ourselves for what the next phase of our life is going to be. And one of the things that we started talking about before the break, and we've touched on it a few times, is the financial aspect of this. There's really two decisions to be made. And, and one is, you know, that physically, where, where do mom and dad want to be or where do you want to be? And then financially, how is that going to get accomplished? And I think so many of my clients come into my office thinking that Medicare will pay for long-term care. And that is just not the case. The only way it does is if you're basically destitute and have no other options um, and getting them to cover it is a fight. It's not an easy situation. And you also don't get to choose where you go. You go where there's a bed open and it might not be the kind of care you'd want for your parents. So outside of that, there is something, if you're a veteran called aid in attendance that does sort of help with long-term care. So if you're listening and you have folks that are, um, uh, that, that are veterans, you definitely want to check that out. Um, but if those two options don't satisfy the need, Jody, then what are our options? What do we do? Well, there's really only a few sources of payments for needing long-term care. And mm-hmm. that is having long-term care insurance, Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's not that, then it's private pay that you're paying out okay. of your own pocket and basically paying that until you have paid through. And then there's a government program called Medicaid that is different in every state, and that is mm-hmm. care for low income. Yep. And that's kind of the options. There aren't a lot. So wow. I think it's impo- that's why it's really important to know what things, you know, what's available, what things cost, and then to also understand your parents' financial situation and do mm-hmm. some planning for that early because you can, they can create a financial plan that allows them to spend what they have wisely. Right. To do it in a way that right. they're not, you know, that, that it's minimizing the amount of taxes because when you start taking money out of your retirement plans, depending on what they're in, it could be taxable, mm-hmm. right? You got it, yep. So you think you've got X amount of money, but then you have to pay a certain amount of that yeah, back. Yeah, you really don't. Uncle year. Sam takes their, ch- their chunk. Yeah. So, wow. and there aren't, you know, in retirement, there's, um, you know, you're not making money the way that you did before. So, you're really getting Social Security, and then you're getting, you know, interest and dividends on money and then taking distributions mm-hmm. on things. There's yeah. not a lot of yeah. options, and you don't get bonuses <laughs> like you <laughs> in the corporate world. And yeah, that, that's a great point. Things. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think it just really makes sense to talk about in what order, you know, if if mom and dad have a pool of money, in what order is it going to be spent for care? That's a question I ask all of my clients that are going into retirement that don't have long-term care insurance, is which of these do you want me to sell first if you need care? I mean, it's... and that can be an emotional, I get emotional reactions to that a lot of times because the answer is usually none. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to spend any of this, but you don't really have the choice if you get to that point and, and we'd better figure out a way to make that happen. So there, is, um, there are a lot, lot more options today than there were even three or four years ago with respect to long-term care insurance. Um, there's the traditional long-term care that works a lot like auto or homeowner's insurance where you pay it. And if you use it, you ho- you're glad you're ha- you have it, but you hope you don't use it. And if, but if you don't, then it's just gone. Um, that's the kind my husband and I have. We've had for a number of years, and we're a lot younger than I normally recommend folks get it, but we're both um, uh, active folks, and we don't have kids. And so if one of us were to get into an accident and need care, the other one could potentially lose their business if we're not if we don't have that covered. So we got long-term care insurance a number of years ago on that type of a plan. And it, the younger you are, the cheaper it is. So that's something to look into if you're concerned about it um, a little younger. There's also hybrids of that, which which are life insurance products that give you some type of life benefit if you never use the long-term care benefit. So that's definitely something I help my clients uh, price out and look at. And it really is just a protection mechanism at that point because it, it enables them to not have to spend their own assets should they need care um, and not have to burden family members with that expense as well. And so that's definitely something to keep in mind for those folks that are listening is not only what do mom and dad want, but how is that going to get paid for and taken care of? And then what happens when, when if they run out of money? Um, Jody mentioned Medicare, and in the state of Arizona, it's called the Arizona Long-Term Care uh, Medicaid. System. Yeah, Medicaid, I'm sorry. Um, and, and it is um, state-specific. Every state has different rules. And so that's definitely something you want to look into if you think mom and dad might be in that position. But there are, there are options out there that, that exist. And one of the things that I do as well, um, and if any of you are listening want a copy of it, feel free to email me. But about once every year and a half, two years, I update a list in Arizona of pricing for um, you know, group homes and uh, full assisted living facilities, memory care, in-home care. Um, and we just did that about two months ago, and the increases were shocking over this time a couple of years ago. Um, are you seeing that kind of all over the place, Jody? Yes. Like Uh-oh. anything, prices go up. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's just more need than there is capacity, I think, now. Yeah. Because there are more and more people... I don't know, it's like 10,000 people a day or something are turning 65 or, I mean, it's it's crazy. And then people are living so much longer. So, you know, they're coming in, if you think of it as a funnel, it's coming in faster than it's going out. So there's just much more demand than there is capacity for it. And whenever you've got that Mm -hmm. situation, then, you know, you've got elasticity in prices and they can go up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I don't know if it's that way all over the country, but I guess in Arizona here, we're pretty lucky that we have a lot of the options right around us locally, like really close by. We could pretty much find any option that we want. But if mom and dad live in a small town and not willing to leave the small town, your options become very limited, very quick. So, you know, that's what you have to be concerned with is if you don't want to move mom and dad to where you are to get more um, resources, then 
you're going to have to start looking well in advance. Um, and speaking of resources, um, Jody, that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you. So are there, um, other than your book, which I believe everybody listening should grab a copy of because um, it's a phenomenal resource, are there other resources that can help them when it comes time to kind of come up with this plan? Um, yeah, there are. There, I don't know that there's like one comprehensive place that you can go and mm-hmm. get things because when we started writing the book, it was looking and we couldn't find it. I had two co-authors with me, so that's why I say we, um, but ah. I was the lead author on it, that we, we could find piecemeals of things. But okay. um, a, one good resource for information is AARP. Okay. They have information on caregiving and some planning document kinds of things. Not so much instructions around how to use them, but you know, forms that you can start capturing information for. Okay. Um, if it's dementia-related, then Alzheimer's, which is ALZ.org, um, they have support groups. They have all kinds of information on, um, you know, dealing with dementia. It doesn't have to be Alzheimer's for them to... Um, you know, for, for them to be able to help with that. Okay, okay. Um, there's also a, um, a national, which has local area things, which is your um, area on aging. Yes. That's not the full name. I'm drawing a blank on it. Our, in, in our area, it's Area Institute on Aging, I believe. Yeah, it's... Something like that. I'm just mm-hmm. drawing a complete yep. way. But area, you can just Google area on aging and yep. they have, then you can go to the area that you're interested in and it has resources. Yeah. Like here, I'm in, down in Tucson, so I'm in Pima County and it's the Pima Council on Aging. Got it. But they have so, lots of information on local resources too. And then you can go to, um, you know, you can go online and... Social Security has a lot of information on Medicare and how Medicare works because that's a whole learning curve on its own. Right. Right. Oh, my, my gosh. That's a big one. And, um, you know, just, just understanding that Social Security alone won't be enough um, is a huge step for a lot of people, I think. Um, it's, it's just, it just can really get expensive, and, and it's hard it's hard to let cost be the determining factor when you're looking at what's best for mom or dad. I mean, it's heartbreaking really to not be able to have all those options available. Yeah, it is. And it's hard. My mom was a product of the depression and world war two. And so she was pretty frugal, you know, most of her life. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, and then, you know, the last three years of her life, she was in skilled nursing because it was beyond what I could you know, the kind of care that I could provide for her or felt that I could mm-hmm. provide anyway. And what that cost was like, she never spent that much on herself. <laughs> I know. And she would have like, died. I she would have spent this when that she was healthy was costing, and right? had some, you know, could have had some fun with it. Oh, yeah. I know. But That's kind of the heartbreaking part of it. She had saved and had that so that we, she did have the money to be able to to pay for that when we needed it. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's definitely a blessing because the, the last thing you, you want to do when you're faced with that heart-wrenching decision is to ha- have to go with the lowest price. And, and I see that happen a lot is, you know, mom and dad maybe haven't planned and, and um, you know, my clients may not be in a position to, to do it without it uh, being extraordinarily detrimental to their own retirement plan. And so they've got to make some tough decisions and that's not a fun place to be. No. Coming no, from not. one tip is if you're looking for um, to go into some kind of a facility, whether it's assisted living or skilled nursing, um, a lot of cities have um, people who do placement. That's their job yes. is yeah with placement, and you don't pay for that. Yes, um, the the facility pays, but because they work with different facilities, they can sometimes negotiate a lower rate than you could do on your own. Oh, I didn't realize that. I knew those agencies existed, but I didn't know they had any bargaining power. So that's definitely something. I mean, and that person can kind of be your advocate in trying to figure out exactly what it is that your family needs, correct? Because, yes. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to start. Time. They'll, fi- they'll meet with you and figure out what it is, you know, what's important, what's the budget, and then they'll actually drive you around and show you the different facilities. But if they're... You know, if they've been doing it for a while, they know people at all the facilities. They know which ones are the good ones and the bad ones. and Yes. So they can really steer you. And like I said, it doesn't cost you anything. They are paid by the facility, so just nice. be aware of that. But Okay. Um, that's yeah, a good for sure. Resource. That sounds like a good plan, too. Now, let's make the assumption, Jody, that we can get a plan in place, either for ourselves or for our parents, um, and and it, it's at least agreeable to everybody. How how often should we review that plan if we are able to actually get that down on paper? Oh, that's a great question because it's not a one and done kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, it's not like we did it. Okay, we put it in the binder. It's in the you know it's <laughs> in the filing cabinet and we're done. Um, right. I recommend that it be reviewed at least annually. Okay. So, and that could just be going through it and go, yep, 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 all this is still good, fine, yep. put it, you know, back in the drawer. So at yep. least annually, and then for sure when something changes. So, okay. you know, if money gets moved, um, update that, make sure that that piece gets done. If, you know, long-term care insurance is purchased, make mm-hmm. sure that piece gets in there, because a lot of times there is long-term care insurance, but... The adult children don't know that. Don't know and the it. Policy yep. never gets tapped. Yeah, that's um, that would be horrible. So anytime something changes, heaven forbid, you know, if something happened to one of the spouses, and their health has deteriorated, go back and look at everything again. Okay. Okay. That sounds great. And the other thing, too, that I wanted to mention that a lot of people don't realize, when you do own long-term care insurance, it typically comes with a care coordinator as part of the deal. So if mom or dad do have long-term care insurance, rely on that care coordinator to help you find a location and and get all that coordinated because that's part of the reason why mom and dad were paying for the policy in the first place. So that's definitely all great information. Jody, we could talk about this for um, another uh, another hour for sure, but we're out of time. Um, for those of you that are listening, uh, please go to Amazon and pick up Life the Next Phase. Jody Hempel has been my guest today. Jody, it's been a delight. It's been a delight for me, too. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Oh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you here next week on the Making Money Fun Show. I am Shanna Tingem. 
Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to catch the next episode of Making Money Fun with Shanna Tinjum. Live next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great weekend and an amazing week. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Shanna Tinjum, Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge, guests on this show, and Heritage Financial Strategies are not affiliated.